motherfuckers in school were telling me always in a barber shop. Alright, what's up, man? Back at it again, motherfuckers in the barbershop, wavyest podcast on the planet from the hood. We do it most good. I want to pre- uh, say shout out to everybody who listened last week, man. Uh, off the off the tweet wave, it was real great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hopefully, you join us again this week, man. We don't really always talk about the Avengers, but we will review movies. That's something that we do do. We do do. So we got Lando in the building with us. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Tackler seventeen eleven. Not the motherfuckers in the barbershop uh, podcast, man. And be nice in the building with us. What's the deal? You can follow me on Twitter at two underscores be nice and on the gram at be nice two underscores. And we also got a long time listener. Used to be on the show. Now he's just a correspondent. We got correspondent Young Gans on the podcast with us. Oh, yeah. Jay Gans, I actually changed my username to J Gans, J A Y. I got a degree. I ain't Young Gans no more, man. Oh. G A Y. G A N S. And so, the barbershop brings back together right now for, for at least for at least ten minutes. We got ten minutes of OG barbershop talk going on, and the reason why we call Jay Gans in on, on this is because um, I would like to hear all three of my friends' takes. On this recent week of Kanye West, but really like month and a half, from like March, the middle of March to now, I want to get y'all input on what y'all think is going on with Kanye West, and you know, just get just spill it out real quick, Gans, if you would be so kind as to start first. Um, so I actually feel a couple different ways about the whole Kanye dynamic. Like first. People are really, like, treating this as if this is the first time that Kanye has done something controversial. He literally does this every, I would say, year or so. Dating back from when he had the, uh, the, the Confederate flags on his tour merch when Jesus dropped, saying that he was going to, like, change the meaning of, uh, of what the Confederate flag stood for and shit. So, I don't know. A part of me is, like, people are kind of overreacting because it's, like, Kanye always does this. And I, I don't know, maybe people have forgotten because Kanye is like a Kardashian and like fell off the planet. But I don't know. It's like I kind of ignore it to that degree. But to the same notion, it's like Kanye got to get better at, I don't know, communicating his feelings because he's a very emotional person. And it's like he, he says stuff and then when it first comes out, it's like, why did you just say that? Like, you probably could have said it better. And in, in terms of what he said about slavery, if you listen back to the interview, he actually said he was, he was referring to psychological slavery. He wasn't referring to physical slavery. But it's like, okay, guy, you know what I'm saying? You got to get it together and, and how you say this shit so people can digest it a little bit better. I don't know. And another part of me is like, all these fake woke motherfuckers, it's so annoying to like, they hear one thing and it's like, oh, Kanye canceled. Like, nigga, in that case, y'all should have been canceled, Kanye, because he been saying shit like that. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of getting on my nerves, man. That's that's my take on Kanye. Uh, be nice. What about you? I think Kanye just, he crazy, realistically. He's a crazy person. He kind of broken, unfortunately, since the passing of his mother. I think that 
like Ann said, he, he's an extremely emotional creature. He carries his emotions pretty high within himself. I think that sometimes he, he reacts off emotion, he kind of lives that way. Always seem like he's on the edge. I feel like right now, he in a bad emotional state. One thing that, that uh, my aunt told me when I was younger is that people need peace. In one way or another, if it's at home, at work, in some part of your life, you need some type of peace. I don't really think Kanye got that right now. And he don't know within himself what he really want out of himself. Like, he, he, re he reached a certain peak of success, but he looks at himself in a different light of wanting to be something else, which is, like, immortalized almost. And in conversation, he speaks about the Steve Jobs kind of people, you know, people that, that for whatever their contribution to life is, they're going to be remembered forever. But Kanye don't know how to do that. With his music, I've I seen some people saying that he was never as lyrical as a Jay-Z. It was other beat makers who were comparable to him. So he was never going to be that. Never going to be somebody that was going to be immortalized for his music alone. And some ways he would but not in the manner in which he wants to be so now he's trying to figure it out in other ways so he tried to venture off he talks about his technology technology stuff that he tried to do that didn't really work out as much or he, he didn't get the, the leeway that he thought he was supposed to or people didn't help him in the manner that he wanted to be helped with the fashion industry he thought that he was kind of blackballed with that every way he kind of trying to reach this level and it's it's being closed out on him to now he driving himself insane and I feel like certain people still have some level of respect for Kanye where they think that he's somewhat crazy, but it's also fake deep people, like Gans was kind of saying, who overthinking it and want to say, well, oh, what is Kanye trying to say? Where, like he said, with the switching the image of the Confederate flag, I think that's what Kanye's mind is like. Let me take this to the base level and say, hey, look, he wants to make America great again. It's just how he's trying to make America great again that's wrong. But you can't overlook the crazy shit that Donald Trump is saying. And that's the problem. And kind of like what T.I. was saying is maybe Kanye is looking at this at too simple of a level where he don't understand he disrespecting people's feelings. And that's just like the dude on TMZ said. Like, you know what I'm saying? That shit hurt. And even what I am said, like, you disrespecting my grandmother. Like, even for me, my great-grandmother, who I actually, you know, she was alive until I was like eight years old. She was the granddaughter of a slave. So this shit ain't that far removed for you to be saying some wild-ass shit like this. Whereas, you, like you say, you disrespecting too many people's ancestors and... That's really my only issue with it. But I do think Kanye just troubled right now. Uh, Lando? Um, I think this is all a big publicity stunt. Um, I think Kanye West comes comes around and does these antics when he's trying to sell stuff to people. I'm, uh, I want to talk about the Charlemagne interview. Even though it happened a little bit before all these crazy tweets going out, Charlemagne did not do a good job in the interview, interview to me. I think Kanye West took him out the comfort zone of him being in that studio, brought him out to Calabasas, and it just kind of looked like he controlled the the narrative. Um, listen, if if you support forty five, that's cool. But at least know his policies. He doesn't know his policies. He's out here talking. He doesn't really know about slavery, like you said, because he's going off his mouth talking about it was a was like a joint agreement or I I don't know. But he's trying to sell trying to sell records. His music is not as good as it want to be. And I kind of blame the people that's around him because it sounds like he has a bunch of guest men around him. Nobody's checking him, and he's able just to talk his way out of certain situations. And he's—I've never seen a guy who wants validation so bad. He wants to be—he wants to be a rich old white man so bad. He wants white people to love him. So it's like, you know what? If you want to love him, go be with him. But I don't gotta listen to you. Well, I don't gotta listen to your music because it's not good to me anymore. Mmm. Atlanta just dropped a hammer. Not anymore. Uh. Uh. I don't know, man. Like with me. I kind of, 
I kind of just discount the nigga. This nigga just crazy, bro. I let it go as the nigga crazy, and there's really nothing else I can really do or say about it. Like, I feel like it's a lot of points to get into. Like, you go through the Charlemagne interview. I couldn't even really listen to half that shit, dog. Like, after like 40 minutes, I had to turn that shit off. Because it was just sounding, things he was saying just weren't making really too much sense. So you could just tell that, like, he know what he want to say, but he lacks knowledge on what the fuck he trying to say. And so he was trying to explain to a point where he's like, I just feel like we don't have enough language in 2018. Like, I'm trying to communicate in 2030. It's like, no, there's ways in 2018 you can communicate um, uh, very effectively. In writing, maybe, maybe, even in song, kind of, it's something that you feel like you're good at. And he just hasn't reached that level yet, uh, just mentally. And so, I don't know. Like, like I was trying to explain to somebody... No, go ahead. I just want to say this while I, while I had this in my head. One of the things, B, you said that he, he's trying to be immortalized. I think that you, you, you did make a good point there because when he's always comparing himself to people, he's comparing himself. He doesn't ever compare himself to, like, musicians. He's yeah. always comparing himself to, like, creators. Like, he also don't never compare himself to a black person. B, one of the things you said was, like, he, he can... He wants to be immortalized through these other things, or you say, no, you say he can't be immortalized through his music, and I disagree. I think that's the only way that I think Kanye should focus more so on being immortalized through his music because I feel like people can appreciate his music, but people can't appreciate him talking about politics. If you ask Kanye why he likes Donald Trump, he wouldn't be able to fucking answer that question. He don't know his politics. He just don't. He don't. He just don't got a reason to say stuff. And it's like when you. <laughs> when he's talk- when he just talking this this wildly and randomly, you just right. see that it's coming from nowhere. And then it's like, right. then it's like you start discrediting. Like, are you even like intelligent? Oh, yeah, it's like, bro, you kind of dumb right now. And then you got these people that follow him to a degree where it's like, bro, like you wouldn't even be saying this slavery shit unless Kanye said it. Not because he not because he opening your mind, but because he's just saying something dumb. And you just <laughs> like it's like when Kanye was or when Kyrie was talking about the Earth is flat. It's like, bro, that is without logic what you're saying. Like, there are facts behind what the fuck you're talking about. Like, this ain't no opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, me just saying the sky orange and saying I got free thought is one thing. But that's dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's saying that I can't say that. They just saying that that is stupid. And that's the thing with Kanye, bro. It's like, bro, you're not... You, you really don't understand. He don't understand his influence. Because no matter what, if we all was to say something... And it, away. it it couldn't it won't echo to the to the to the realms in which Kanye can say something. But if you just right. echoing stupid shit, then it's like fucked up. And I feel like the the one of the other things that's like the the weird thing with Kanye was, and I think all y'all was, y'all all alluded to this, but his surroundings is just too bad. And I was talking to Lando the other day, and I was talking about how, and I think I brought this on the podcast. I brought this up on the podcast before, but talking about how during the election. If you would have looked at my timeline, you would have swore Hillary Clinton was going to win. Yeah. If you would have looked at Donald Trump, if you would have looked at uh, any y'all, one of y'all timelines, you would have swore Hillary Clinton. Like, there was no way Donald Trump was going to win that election. It was looked but at it, as a joke. But if you look at it, but it's because of who we follow, yeah. what we around. If you if you follow Ben Shapiro, if you follow all the niggas that follow them niggas, they would have had no they would have had no chance of hell Hillary was going to win the election. And that's just how crazy shit is, bro. When you we tailored our timelines, we tailored our news to just get direct feeds of shit like this. Like we we gotta start following people who disagree with us. We gotta start exploring the other option. Not not to read it and understand it, but to know that that opinion exists and it's like wow. 
See the side. Look at look at the side and still have a disagreement with it. But we got to be able to see that side because right now we just all talking to niggas that we agree with. Yeah. And the fact that we just agreeing with each other, it just make like make it seem like everything we say is so much more important than what yeah, somebody I mean, else said. I think I think that's one of the things. I was you make a good point when you say people are just not even having free thought because that was one of the things that I was touching on when I said these fake woke motherfuckers. Like I think the whole notion of being woke was to have free thought to think without constraints and shit but now it's like it's damn near like a gimmick to be woke now now it's like I'm woke so uh, somebody said Kanye cut off you know what I'm saying he said that shit fuck Kanye yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> like, like, it's like but it's like you didn't if anybody says anything that is remotely controversial to race but I think the problem with Kanye is he's he, like he said he cut off like his internet and and different things like he don't he said he doesn't know what's going on but yeah. he just kind of think so if you don't like know what's just, going on the high key be free thought he, he really just in Calabasas then they're just thinking yeah, <laughs> he just in Calabasas listen to Kim Kardashian talk his ear off and I mean that's just I feel like it's multiple layers to get down this Kanye shit and I don't really want to get into a lot of it because it, at, when it's multiple layers it's really no layers. Yeah. The nigga just crazy. It's like really what I can sum it up to. Right. It's, it's like he, At the end of the day, he is, he's mentally ill. And, and I think it's I, horrifying. I would right say, now, I would say, the only reason I'm not going to give him the mentally ill, because he can talk about a lot of other shit, but he won't tell us what's exactly wrong with him. Or what pills and stuff he's taking. So it's like, if you're not going to, if you can tell us all this other shit, but you can't tell us the deep down personal, what the what America feel like, what the doctors feel like you are, then, I mean. What's he doing this for publicity? Like my nigga, Amir said the other day, we looked at this picture of this one nigga we knew. I'm like, why does this nigga look like this? He said, the nigga ugly, bro. You gotta, sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you gotta put it in simple terms. Like, like he, he may be mentally ill. He may be on drugs. When I was looking at TMZ, he might have been on drugs. Yeah. That shit might have been set up. But at the end of the day, that nigga just not, it's not a good look for Kanye West right now. Or or even to be a Kanye West fan. I wouldn't even say a fan, just, I think, like like Lando said, the niggas around him. You got Pusha, you got Big Shine, you got Cuddy. You got Chance who jumped on Twitter and got down there, got defended him saying some stupid shit, which is like I said at the base level. If you want to defend the free thought, like you just said, that's cool. But you also like the nigga on TMZ said you can't use this platform to say dumb shit. And it's like Chance didn't nobody even say black people couldn't be wrong. Like we we know that all the time. Every time somebody (laughs) running, they put a black person up on CNN. Like look at this. Like Chance, we kind of know that, bro. Like what are you? It's like what are you even? That's the thing where it's like too many people. It's people on both sides. Like what Gans say, it's people on the on the fake woke side that, that's listening to J. Cole album that's swearing up and down. Like they just know how everything I mean, going. That's, that's and how we are work. stupid and Kanye stupid. And then you got the other side where it's like, nah man, Kanye a genius. And it's like, bro, everybody just kinda need to slow down a little bit and stop trying to rush into take all this news. Yeah, you got <laughs> taking that. When you wake up, you gonna you gonna forget what the fuck you was that mad about. Well, no, I think he sees this as the this is what's going on in today's society. So he sees this as the angle for him to stay relevant and to stay high. Oh yeah, most definitely. And that too. At the end of the day, it is that too. Yeah, because this music to me that I ain't like that Ti song. I just I just didn't. That's what I'm saying. It's like, bro. Even if you listen to Charlamagne interview, he talking about not his songs not being on the radio. It's like, bro, you Kanye West. You got like five platinum. You like one of the most. Cole just <laughs> went, he just went and sold like six hundred thousand in the first week without notifying people that his album's coming out. He, Bro. Put, he put the information out there three days prior to his album being released. You're Kanye West. <laughs> like, I don't, that's the part that I don't get. Like, I don't get why he's 
part of me that thinks he's mentally ill though, because it's like he should know that just as well as we should. Like, bro, like, he's just self conscious. No, yeah, like he's self conscious and he just wants attention. He yeah. wants all the attention. It, and I can say that too. I think it's two sides to it though. I think it's two. I think it's two. It, it's part of it that he wants attention, like he wants to be the first to say stuff. I think he always wants to be. A, that's been him since he's been in the game. Wearing, wearing pink and wearing backpacks, tight ass clothes and shit. He's wanted to, wanted to be the first. But I also think it's a little bit like mental illness, bro. Like I think at some degree it has to be something. I mean, it's something. Say. It's something there. It's most definitely something there. No, I think but, that it was already he was like this, and I think he just kind of snapped after losing his mom, and it amplified these thoughts. Mm-hmm. It was like Kanye was already somebody who seemed to be broken. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, even in interviews talking about he really don't got a therapist, yeah. so he talked to whoever he talked. And it's like, bro, like, I'm pretty sure he used to just talk to his mom, his mom about his problems. And then when that shit happened, yeah. when that shit happened, it just lost, you know, he just lost his rocker. All right, man. It's nice talking to you. All right, John. All right, All right. That was Jay Gans on the mic real quick. So y'all got any shots shaking my heads, Lando? Uh, give a shout out to Netflix, man. Uh, like I said, Dear White People came out. Um, Good show, man. Good uh, first two episodes been good. They had the uh, Robert Kennedy uh, documentary that I'm halfway through. That's really good. So Netflix has really been uh, been killing them. Um, I'm still still on this Avengers Marvel. I've seen it for a second time. Shout out to that, man. That was just a great movie, man. I'm on my so, third time, bro. Third, third time. Oh, you say you're on your third? I'm on my third, bro. Hey, man, Detroit Roasted Five Nine. He just dropped a, a album. I haven't heard it yet, but shout out to him. Shout out to Post Malone album. Uh, I don't have no shaking my heads. Ooh, be nice. Ooh, alright, so I'm gonna just shout out uh shout out to Gimby and I like that video. That was smooth. Uh nigga was jigging and shit. Good jig. This is America, watch that shit. Um and shout out to graduations, man. A lot of people graduating. The fuck Oh, and shout out to Cinco de Mayo. That's my birthday on Facebook. So if you see me on Facebook, tell me happy birthday for Cinco de Mayo. I can Mayo. shake my head the triple G fight. Oh, oh yeah. He that, beat, was, that was a bad was put in fight. He beat the shit out of that nigga. Yeah, that was awful. That was, that was fucked up. Man, he still fought. Suspended. Yeah, he still fought, and that nigga just put up no chance. Like, how, he probably got paid like thousand dollars for that shit. Yeah, he got we got paid like two hundred thousand, but it's still it was it was just awful. Get knocked out in the second round. Awful. It started real late, and he got him out of there in the second round. And the guy been off for two years. <laughs> Haven't fought nobody in two years. Man. Didn't have no guard up. It that was, was just a fight just fight. to get Triple G another W. That was weak. Um. All right, so the Raptors, NBA playoffs. Let's talk some sports real quick. NBA fucking playoffs. Be nice. Tell us what happened to the Toronto Raptors. Other than LeBron James just did what he always did to them niggas. I mean, that's what happened. <laughs> but it's like, like as a man, bro, and I was talking to my father about this. And this not that we, because DeMar DeRozan has a real issue. He fights, battles depression, yeah. anxiety, and stuff like that. I don't want to go too hard into what I'm about to say. But as a man, you don't have no fight in you. You got kids. How do you come home and look your kid in the eye and tell him something? Even, like, persevering. You got any real conversation you want to have with your kid, and he see you do some shit like that on TV. How do you have that conversation with him? Because that don't make sense to me. As a, as a man, I wouldn't be able to look you in the eyes and say, yeah, man, you got to battle, and you got to push through this, and then you go on TV and do some shit like that. This that how, makes sense. This how I look at it, bro. They just caught in the error. No, and that's it's like not that. Jordan it's, caught no, niggas in his no. error, bro. This niggas that no. got caught in the Jordan error. No, no, niggas no, is no, caught no, in the Brian no, error no, right no. now. The reason why I'm gonna tell you it's not that is because Jordan played with Scottie Pippen. He played with Dennis Rodman. He played with Ron Harper. He's saying legends, huh? He played with great players. Jordan Clarkson, I like. He ain't doing shit. 
I think Toronto would have beat Boston. Wow. Mentally, it's, it's LeBron. I, think, it's the I definitely think Toronto would have beat Boston. Yeah. But it is. It's just LeBron just too Look, good. I ain't got no beef with Dwayne Casey for sitting that nigga on the bench. But what I'm saying is. He got beef with DeMar DeRozan. on the bench for 14 minutes. On the leaves. Don't care. Literally, he was in the huddle. He behind people. They doing running through the timeout skin. But what can you do when they coming back? When they coming back in the game? They in a rhythm. Yeah, they in a rhythm. So let's flip it. Let's flip it. The Celtics are beating the shit out the 76ers. Ben Simmons should not have came back game two. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have came back. This is one statement that I love and I don't like. Paul George once told CJ Miles, I got to take that shot. He ain't really the greatest nigga in them type of situations, but I like that type of thinking. Hey, Ooh, look, Ben Simmons? No, Paul George. Paul George. I'm oh. the guy. You like you said, Fred Van Fleet. We know he's not gonna hit that shot. Yeah. It don't matter what rhythm he's in. When it comes down to it, I gotta be out. There. Oh no, he's supposed to take that shot. Demar Rose was. That's it was like saying, it was out like I'm one. saying in the fourth quarter, even if you're talking about that rhythm shit, in the last minute or two, I gotta be out there. I I got the talent to do this shit. Now you've been sitting on the bench nah, for thirteen minutes though. Kobe would have came in the game. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe would have got he would have got bitched. Yeah, he would have got bitched. That's what I'm saying. Kobe <laughs> game. Y'all remember when that's what I'm talking about? Kobe but gave this a different tweet. league. He gave bro. my balls. He told him, "Hey, what you want me to do, Kobe?" Kobe listen, told that nigga. But Demar, he still ain't listen, doing I it. I like Demar Derozan. Nah, I he's don't not like a competitor nigga, as he's not a competitive as his team, Kobe. Yeah, he not. Look, I don't like Paul Pierce. I don't like Paul Pierce at all. His commentating is kind of retarded to me. I love him as a player. I don't like his commentating. He only ESPN. He talking about no leaders out there, but he just keep mentioning Celtics. Like, yeah, Al Horford out here, he a great leader. Rondo, yeah, Rondo, ain't no ain't no leaders on the Raptors. 
Them niggas get paid a hundred. No, but you can't teach leadership nah, though, bro. You can't leaders teach are born. And that's the thing. By, Same thing with by. Kevin Durant, bro. Kevin Durant, done. he said he all right, didn't want to be a leader. I wouldn't be surprised if, if DeMar DeRozan feel the same way. But you can't. And that's why. And that's choice. and that is that is directly why DeMar DeRozan even yeah, said if we had LeBron, if yeah. we had a leader like LeBron or T, shit, we win too. Because LeBron was like, Victor Oladipo is a leader. What the yeah. Max P got to say about this shit? Na 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 na. Because that was his coach. And that's supposed to be his man. Where did this nigga at? Where did um, the pep talk? Where did no limit pep talk at? And so with the 76ers and the Celtics, like I was saying, Ben Simmons should not have came back game two. But he damn near had that shit. I'm a leader. They took out TJ McConnell. Oh, no, inserted no, 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 that no. one point back nigga back in the game. TJ McConnell got limits. He can only do something. Why Fultz playing? That's the problem. Look, my man Stephen. You want to talk about mentals? No, no I'm just saying, like, bro, no, come on, he can be doing better than TJ. He way better than the mother nigga. Listen, TJ, when I see Marquette Foles getting that one, he got in that series, Dwayne Wade. Game one, he played straight. Game two, Dwayne Wade said something to this nigga. Oh, he, no, 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 no. He turned that bitch I over. Agree. I, no, no, I told my dad because my dad asked the same question, and then Stephen A kind of backed it up. Stephen A is a Philly dude. He been covering them. That was where he got his start. I don't think he's from Philly. But no, he, no. He's he, from he, Queens. Yeah, he's from Queens. He, he covered them back in the 90s when Iverson was there late, you know what I'm saying, Charles Barkley days. He told them this is the first time he's ever seen a coach lose three straight games in the playoffs. I disagree. It was a coaching decision. That's what he said. I disagree. Brent Brown, he really ain't been making the right moves. In game one, he didn't call a timeout. Or it might have been game one and game two. They was up like 19 with like seven minutes to go in the, the, se- the second quarter. It didn't call a timeout. Game when the, two. Yeah, when the Celtics was going on the run. That pretty much changed the whole game. He let them allow he allowed them, I think it was like 522 when they started their run. He allowed it to go from a 19-point lead to five right before halftime. Bro, there's only so much you could do when your best player can't shoot. You gotta call a timeout. <laughs> when bro, one of your best saying, players, bro, when you, one you of your best players. You can't knock down a shot. There's only so much you can do. You just touched in on it. Markel Fultz is a ball handler. And like I was about to say, he also can't No, but he can shoot better than he can shoot. He wanna shoot, but I'm saying he can dribble, and then if he gets to the second level, he can shoot mid-range shots. Ben Simmons don't have that option at all. Man, listen, the Boston Celtics, it's one of them situations where they got some, none of them niggas is even true Boston Celtics, but just being in that garden with that Raptors up, them niggas feel some type of energy in Boston. Like, they feel like they are the old Celtics. Son of, and Brad Stevens, he get them niggas fired up. He is Brad a tough player coach. Great but them, when you're on the Celtics, they just look like a formidable playoff team no matter what. Like, they just look like some yeah. niggas that you could go seven well, with. Well, still supposed to play, and I, I'm glad that you point out what you point out. They don't. The Celtics don't got them type of players. They don't. Dwayne Wade is the type of nigga that's gonna get in your face and he's gonna say something. To, even Justice that's what I'm saying. Josh Richardson. So he should be playing but, this series. I understood why he didn't play against the Heat. But I'm saying that's the thing. The Celtics shit. Like Marcus Smart, he and Ben Simmons. Like they ain't got the Marcus niggas that's the only shit. one that's gonna punk you. Yeah. Terry Rozier is like he played with his game, but I don't think he's gonna stick Marcus on false up. That nigga that from that nigga from Youngstown. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 that nigga from Youngstown. That nigga yeah. like a gang leader. He was getting death threats at like 14. That nigga talk out the side his mom too. He really with it. I'm just saying. He's more of a cool dude. Yeah. Like, calm, casual. I know a dude, and this is not to put nobody in business out there, but a dude who went to Oakland, he played at Oklahoma State with Marcus Smart. He left Oklahoma State because Marcus Smart was bullying him. We just saw an episode of a nigga getting bullied of Atlanta. <laughs> this nigga was getting bullied. There's papers out there in the press of him telling the coach, hey, this nigga won't leave me alone. So he had to leave the school. Man, that nigga acting <laughs> so Marcus Smart been bullying nigga this how he is. Yeah, that nigga Everybody Marcus. else ain't necessarily like Jalen Brown is an intelligent dude. He went to Cal, had like a 3-9. He ain't gonna be bullying. Yeah, Jalen Tatum likes Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So Marquette Fultz can play against these niggas. The Morris twin. Yeah, the Morris twin. And he from no Philly. So he didn't feel like Philly but, fuck with me for they fuck with you. But the word around town is that he was getting beat up. He's fighting a dude. They've been fighting a case about a dude saying something crazy to say, Mama, 
The word around town is that he the one that was getting beat up, so his brother had to jump in. Hey, he was still fighting, though, man. I don't see Ben Simmons <laughs> playing <laughs> no hands. And that's what I'm saying. Like, these niggas is getting... Ben Simmons is a dude... When they said in the interview, and this some shit I've been preaching all year, the nigga can't shoot, won't shoot. Terrell Rozier came out and said press conference, we know he not trying to score. Yeah. So we just going to lock on everybody. He passed it to. Yeah. Then you walk around, and then you score one point, you get the headlines because he a rookie. He still passes and shit like that. The next game, you try to come out and score. He scored the first two points. Then you try to score some more points. And it's like, bro, this ain't how y'all been winning, my brother. And you flipping that bitch like every plus five times every game. Y'all can't do it like that, bro. So last game when he grabbed that rebound and put that bitch back yeah, he up. That, but he didn't want to get fouled. No, uh, he ain't want to get fouled, but he ain't if they had time, he could just pass that bitch out. He panicked. He panicked. He ain't want to get fouled. He can't he just his from niggas been trying to convince me of man, look at the advanced metrics. Look now. Look one team, look when he's not playing the, the next the Nets every game, or even the Heat to a point. He playing a good team. Terry Rozier busting his ass on one side, mm-hmm. and he getting locked up by by Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart checking that nigga off all willpower. He just saw some. I'm I'm gonna check you because I can. Like it ain't yeah because I'm here in front because you in front of me with the ball. I'm gonna check you. He ain't even he shouldn't be checking this nigga like that. But Marcus Smart just wheeled himself to defend a nigga every time. That's crazy. Do you think Rozier be there next year? I don't know what they're gonna do with that no, situation. He's gonna be there. You think so? Why? I mean, the talks of that, they, Danny Ainge is an amazing GM. They already knew he was the better player. They was going to trade Marcus Smart in the season. They was going to do that. So, Terry Rozier has already been a part of the game plan. Now, if somebody come out with a ridiculous deal because he'd improved himself, I think Boston would shoot the gun. But it don't make sense to get rid of him. I think it they cost him less to keep Terry Rozier and keep and get rid of Kyrie. I mean, at this point, you next year, I think he's on contract for next year. But yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie he, only got like one more. I don't think Gordon Hayward fit on this team, though. No, he do. I don't know, man. Oh, shit. I, yeah. To be honest, with Jalen Brown, yeah. with Jason Tatum, I, I mean, he know, can play bro. the four, but do you even want to fuck that up? Because yeah. Al Horford pretty I think, good. I'll get y'all big. Bro, y'all. I think Brown is better than Hayward. Maybe I'm going too far. Maybe I'll be I think the Tatum, I think Tatum better than Hayward. Tatum's sure. yeah. really better than him. Yeah. Jalen Brown is... Mm, I think Jalen Brown brings him up. Yeah. He, he yeah. brings some... Like, Gordon Hayward is a really casual player. Jalen Brown played with a lot of intensity. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, that's really, that's I think they should trade that nigga. Gordon Hayward, he missed his shot. He snapped his ankle, now he done yeah. lost his spot. Now he's looking real shit. Them like that girl from uh, Love and Basketball. Like, they only recruited you because the other girl got pregnant. Now, you know what I'm saying? You on the crutches like the old girl. You missed your spot, you got hurt, now you ain't getting your shit back. Because Shorty balling. I think you I think you really keep this core together. Yeah. And, let, and like, when Kyrie contract up, you let him test the mark. I mean, he... He like four injuries, five years, bum knee. He gotta go, bro. Like it ain't really no point. Like you can keep him, but his production in Terry Rozier. Clearly, this nigga Brad Stevens got something with point guard. I mean, but one thing I will say though, only problem with the situation is Jalen Brown is a top three pick. Jason Tatum is a top three pick. You already have Marcus Morris, who I don't think is on contract for too much longer. So they have an open opening in small forward, power forward range where Gordon Hayward could work, but who are you gonna tell to come off the bench? That's the only problem. Yeah. Is who 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 do you? Because Marcus Morris already been a six man, he been a role player kind of, and he was kind of hurt this year. So even though he was more experienced than some of those younger players, he wasn't always there, so he couldn't start. So you had to put Jalen Brown and them in the game, but now it's like Gordon Hayward has been an all star in the West. You know what I'm saying? Averaged twenty points for like four or five years straight. You can't and you just paid him hundred M's. You can't tell him to come off the bench. I mean, off the entry originally you can, but down the line thinking, what the, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they got some tough decisions to make. Is Brad Stevens a better coach than Greg Popovich? 
No. I mean, nah, he's just playing against a team. I I just think the Sixers was just too young, and I knew they were going to lose. I knew they wasn't going to go to the finals. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean. Because I feel like <clears throat> a lot of people give Stevens hasn't won shit, though. That's one. But, and I feel like they're giving a lot of. They're giving the. The subjects are good. Great like, that's not. about to get fired until I got Tim Duncan. He, he was, and players make it, but it's been a lot of those finals that Manu stepped up, that Tony Parker stepped up. And he's been able Danny to, Green he's been able to define players and make them fix Bill Belichick was about to get fired. They was looking for whole homes before Tom Brady got fixed. So, so, players and coaches go hand in hand. It's a mess. Yeah. I don't know if, well, I don't want to say that. I feel like a lot of people giving Brad Stevens, like, they, they act like the Celtics are way worse yeah. than what they are this Danny, season. And he got the best GM behind him with Danny Now, Ayers. this is what I will say, and this is what the point that I'm kind of trying to make. I think that there's an argument for Brad Stevens in the earlier stages of his career to say that he's a better coach. Like, in comparison, because Popovich wasn't that good. He had Dave Robinson who wasn't really doing anything. He got Tim Duncan, who was like the ultimate well, franchise changer. The West was real competitive back then, too. Yeah, and then Dave Robinson got hurt that year before. The East is, yeah. He got hurt that year before, right? Yeah, that's why they didn't got Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's why they got Tim Duncan, because he got yeah. hurt. But he kind of tanked it away. It was somebody's early tank. Yeah. Easy tank. I don't so, know, man. It's I comparable. Just... I think that the argument that I've seen right now is like, people saying he's a better coach right now. That doesn't make sense. Nah. I still say no. No, but I'm saying Popovich has a Lamarcus Aldridge is only good player. No, that nigga didn't have Kawhi, and he almost at the third seed in the West. So no, in in the tougher conference. But I've seen some people with checks on Twitter saying that like he had, you know, what I'm saying that the the Celtics had less talent. We need to make this a segment. We just don't know who these people are. Let's find prisoners of the moment on Twitter. Let's all just screenshot a couple prisoners. (laughs) It just didn't make sense, like. Like I said, Jalen Brown is a top three pick. Al Horford has been an all-star like three times. Marcus Morris has averaged 15 points before. Terry Rozier was a, a lottery pick almost. He was like 16. Have not seen Marcus Danny Smart Green, was a lottery bro. pick. They have uh, not seen Danny Green play this Jason year. Jason Tatum was a top three pick. It just didn't make sense to me. No. And for a large part of the season, you had Kyrie. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It didn't, it didn't make sense. Nah, yeah, he got the best GM though behind him. So. Um, if We haven't talked since the Thunder got eliminated. No, we haven't. So, <laughs> so let's talk, talk about now. Yeah. No, yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, is Russ the problem? I don't think Russ is the problem this season. I'm not because that you can talk about him taking all them shots. Him and Donovan Mitchell, forty three. Them two going back and forth was probably one of the best one on one quarters I've seen. What the fuck does that mean? He wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> getting no help. Paul George wasn't making nothing. Carmelo wasn't doing nothing. Nothing. It's not his fault, that, bro. It ain't, it ain't Russell Ford. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's not, not bro. Fault. If nobody knocking out shots, you got to hold this it. This is what I'm saying. And the base of the situation, Russell Westbrook can't play with nobody else. Oh, I disagree with that. That's a problem. He need to he need to be in Philadelphia. He need like Marco Bellinelli and JJ Ray. Like some people who not really great by themselves, but they could be good ass role players. He need like eight good role players on his team. Do you he feel like Paul George had a good good playoff series? No. Do you feel like Carmelo had a good playoff series? But that's Billy Donovan's fault. No, Carmelo not. is not a spot-up shooter. He needed to convince him. He was dribbling, ISO, and missing. Nah. Hold on, I'm going to say, Olympic Carmelo is the best Carmelo we've probably ever you seen. playing with nine all-Americans. All he, he was spot-up shooter. No, but that's what I'm saying. When you're <laughs> playing with eight niggas, you literally wide open. He bro. ain't wide open. He was missing some open shots, bro. He is, but it's because he don't have no rhythm. Carmelo need to feel like he don't have no rhythm. He need to lose some weight. Look, man, I ain't saying. Look, I'm not a, a sympathizer no more. Carmelo is one of my favorite people, but the problem with this team, and I, I agree with you to some degree. I'm saying at the base level, why the Thunder ain't gonna never win is Russell Westbrook. Why this season didn't work and they got put out in five? Billy Donovan gotta go. 
He's he, the problem. They say he's coming back yeah, next year. Yeah, but I'm saying, he, I don't disagree with you this year. In general, the reason why they haven't won it past year, the, like, the, the, the message was already out. He wasn't passing KD the ball at the end of the game. He's just a young hothead. He ain't been a problem. Bro, they was up three games to one. No, but we're not talking KD about that. No, no, KD played play a bad game six right, and go, a bad no, no, game no, no, seven. No. Go watch, go rewatch game six. Because you he missed a lot of shots. No, I'm not talking about that. You can talk about all of <laughs> all of missed shots you want to. Everything that you want to talk about on offense. Perfect example. You go back and watch the Saints and Minnesota Vikings. Who you gonna see on the highlight fucking the game up? You gonna see about the safety. Exactly. Russell Westbrook was the one that was giving up them threes to Clay Thompson. It don't matter what the fuck you did on offense. You wasn't checking nobody. Bro, that's what you gonna see. Because who who the other they talking okay. about when they talk about that game? They Clay Thompson. About, yeah, they, Clay Thompson. What are they talking about when they talk okay, about that? KD was, was supposed. He's supposed to be the. He's supposed to be okay, the best so player. Okay, so Drew Brees team. was supposed to throw more touchdowns then. He should have. And Drew Brees yeah, said that, that shit after the game. Like we should have came down to that. Marcus Williams crossed them that game. Russell Westbrook crossed them. That game. I feel like. Uh, I feel like the Russell Westbrook shit has been bothering me because. On one hand, them triple doubles look like they don't mean shit. On one hand, you really in today's NBA. It used to be a time in the NBA where you need. No, listen. It used to be a time in, in 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 the NBA where if you had two superstars, you, you went to the NBA Finals. All right, you probably won that bitch. In today's NBA, you need two superstars to get to the playoffs. Damn there. Without two superstars, damn near hard impossible. And, you know, other six niggas got to be good players. And they all got to be. They all got to serve a good role. Russell Westbrook is a dude who diminishes the ability of another star. Because, but it wasn't back then. It wasn't back when Be Nice Summer, when Game Six and shit like that. Because back no, then he wasn't he took away from Kevin Durant. Prior to that, though, before he was on the same level, Kevin Durant. Before that year, the KD got hurt. He got the he was fucking up. the team up. Though. Yeah, he's fucking the team up. But the the idea, like before then, you know. But now I feel like Kevin Durant couldn't play with Russell Westbrook now. No, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, having the triple double is has been the best and worst thing. It's it's great to see it, but it's like. Carmelo is a nigga who plays isolation basketball. He got to touch the ball. Paul George is a nigga who, who, who likes to dribble, who likes to make his own shot. He got to touch the ball. But if they not making their shots, then then I cannot see a problem with a nigga shooting 43 of them. I don't have no if you go two for 16, then it's like, come on, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, you, I gave you 16 of them bitches. You only made two. So it's like, so it's like yeah, it's, hard to, it's hard to, like, to be like, Russ... Is 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 the problem going further though? Going forward, he is. going forward. Because I mean, you don't know how to. Who you like? You just said going forward. He can't. The, he can't be triple double Westbrook because in the end it started looking like. All right, what you, else can he do? He no, but look, listen. It looked like if you're not gonna get a triple double, we not gonna win. Yeah. But the only way we gonna win is if you get triple double. And only way you get a triple double is if Paul George don't touch that bitch. But Paul George gotta touch that bitch in order you to win. So it's all fucked up. So he gotta tone it back a little bit. But I think defensively, like. What that Joe Ningles? Ingles? He was tearing Paul, yeah, Paul George. Up. Paul George has been sold a lie as a defensive stopper all year. If you a good offensive player, you probably got off on Paul George. Yeah. Like Devin Booker, I seen him multiple times Paul getting George Paul George's ass. Yeah, he do, but yeah, my man was hitting threes. In Joe Ingles was talking. Joe Ingles was just hitting threes in James Harden face and PJ Tucker. That's like five. Well, I'm niggas saying Paul George about six eight, six nine, man. Joe Ingles is six eight. Yeah, saying, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that should better up. Like him hitting the shot over James Harden face. Like no, of course we just saw what the, it wasn't that Paul George can't play. Hey, Paul George, the better athlete he no, is, and that's what we. He's like Don Mitchell. The problem is, is that 
Him and Russell Westbrook had the same issues. Almost like when they chuckled at Steph before KD went went to the Warriors. Like, how you feel about you know Steph Curry checking Russell Westbrook? And they laughed at him. That's who Russell Westbrook is. He looked at Rubio. was like this nigga from Spain. He can't check me, mm. and he can't score. He thought he was Ben Simmons. He like, oh, I'm gonna leave him open. And that's the same shit that Paul George was thinking. Both of them was thinking these two overseas motherfuckers, two white dudes. We finna let them do what they want to do. It don't matter. They, I'm a, I'm the I'm the man. As soon as I get this bitch on the other, he can't check me. And what happened? Rubio, Joe Ingles are great defenders, and they can shoot. Okay, but Paul George was outside of game one. He was supposed to have another game when he took over. Like that's the thing. Like we talk about the two stars. Yeah. You gotta have another star that's gonna go help you. <laughs> you can't just have. I him. mean, what then? He just turned to a role player. Russell Westbrook turned into the, the Terminator and was just just and that game about to kill listen, Rubio. And, and that in that game, he needed Paul George to take over. He didn't. Even, it was a, it was multiple times you needed Paul George to take over, but you know who who doesn't get the blame for this? Well, Paul George he kind of slimed by. Number one is Billy Donovan. Number two somehow is Russell Westbrook. Number three, well, number two is Melo. Yeah. Three is somehow Russell Westbrook. But the one player who doesn't get the blame that should get a lot of blame is Stephen Fucking Adams. That nigga let Rudy Gobert denutralize that nigga out the game. He wasn't. You didn't. Stephen Adams had like four rebounds a couple of games. He didn't do anything, bro. Like he was just getting abused. On the on the glass, and he just got fed, and nobody nobody notices that when Russell Westbrook is shooting for is, is a lot bigger than that nigga. He is, but it's like, bro, I need you to be down there at least, cause he he can't even clear out the lane. The pick and roll down there was dumb, so when you ain't got no he pick and roll, shoot, so. he can't shoot, and so that just made Russell Westbrook all play so much worse. The fact yeah. that Steven Adams. Just shut the paint down, and they couldn't really get to that bitch and score like and that. And then the game before that, Russell had all them points to bring him back when he was down by 25. Yeah, I went so to sleep, and I thought that shit was over. He kind of felt like he had to do it. Like, but I, I think that the best thing that I've heard this entire playoffs, and it might have been at the end of the regular season, but I think it was the playoffs. Draymond Green spoke about uh, when he had the issue with Chris Webber. Chris Webber talked about him not possibly being a starter on other teams. So Draymond talked about the possibility of him scoring more if he had a scores mentality. And I think that's a real thing. And I talked to Austin about this when we talked about Kevin Love not performing well. When you get dependent on somebody doing something, which is what we see with LeBron and and Russell Westbrook, when you get dependent on just sitting back and watching out, he going to grab the rebound. He doing everything on the team. Kind of what they just did with the SNL skit. Like, oh, I just I pick up LeBron laundry and mm-hmm. I do. I ain't got to do nothing basketball because LeBron going to do everything. When you got players just kind of suckers like that, and Paul George, he's shown in some ways he kind of sucker. Like, he fall back. He's not really that competitive in some stances. I think he thought, oh, Russ going to do it, and I could just be cool. And that's kind of the part of the problem. I love Carmelo Anthony. I love Paul George at one point. They just two dudes. They got the ISO Joe effect. They cool with their waves bagging. They got the nice gear on. They going to be saucy. You know what I'm saying? They ooh, ooh, ah, ah. They don't play hard sometimes. And that's a problem when you want to go into these type of situations. Russell Westbrook, he don't know no better. He will die on the basketball court. He going to go 110. Them two niggas is cool with cruising, and that don't mess well. It I, just don't. I just feel like at the end of it, bro, you know, like my nigga Brian said, two points ain't two points. If Corey Brewer scored 30, they probably still would have lost. They needed Paul George to score yeah, more points. And he got he to gotta own up to that shit, though. That's some shit that I, I feel like if he do leave, I mean, that's cool. That was just your stop. You, you dicked around for a year, okay, see? And Melo, you too. Like you know, you can pick up that option if you want to. But I, I don't know where he gonna go. Orlando, your boys, Golden State Warriors, beating up on them. What can you say about the Pelicans right now? Um, I mean, they just needed Demarcus Cousins. I mean, they just. I mean, honestly, that's just they just overmatched though, man. I mean. It's just too much firepower. Um, Rondo can only do so much, so many games. He had a game he had like twenty one assists, but 
that's only few and far. They just ran into a much better team. I mean, that, it just comes down to that. So, I still think they had a great season. I do think if DeMarcus Cousins played, though, this would be a seven-game series. If, they, if DeMarcus Cousins played, it would most definitely be a better game. Every game would be much better because it would just be full of stars. Then there would be an all-star game. <laughs> just be two all-star games. But now you see that next year the Pelicans might be trouble. Yeah. Like, this shit looking like this might stop the three-peat, that niggas. I don't know, man. Achilles injury kind of kind of shaky. It's very shaky. Very tough. He probably might not come back 100% to, like, all-star break. That's part of the problem. I mean, it, the people don't really pay attention to as much his play style. One of the things that made DeMarcus Cousins so good was his quickness. Like, he's not an extremely fast person, but as far as changing gears and switching between his two speeds, he was pretty nimble. If he don't have that, he might not be the same talent. I don't know, man. He can box out. He can rebound. Yes, and he can he's shoot. Still big as fuck. Yeah. He can I mean, no, no. But I'm I'm talking from the, the sense of how we compare people to like LeBron James's size and speed, and Steph Curry's dynamic his range. When you have great players like Kevin Durant or like a Clay Thompson or something like that, they don't make you change your whole game plan necessarily. Like Steph Curry shooting from thirty five feet out, that changes. Well, no, everything I don't know because um, Rudy Gay came back pretty solid this year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's young enough that he can he can bounce back from it. Now, if you talk about years down the line, it might be a problem because big men and feet, lower injuries. But I think coming back next year, I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be fine, too. It's just like, I mean, Paul George did break his legs. He got metal rod. That's some shit you really don't think a nigga be able to even do with Paul George. He didn't there walking miracle. But these niggas all walking fucking miracle. They 6'9 and shit like that. They got doctors around them. He should be. I think he might be straight. But, yeah, they about to get their ass uh, beat. Nah. I mean, they're going back to Golden State. It's down 3-1. Solid good. And the Jazz, they also about to lose. Going back to Houston, down 3 1. Who gonna. What the hell? What's Steph Curry gonna do Joe with Josh? Josh's only gonna be able to play about 10 minutes. Nah, he's exactly. 10 nah, buckets. I don't even think he got that. My father told me one time, man, first off, Father Time is the only undefeated person in the world. And secondly, it happens sooner than you think. You can think last year, yeah, Joe Johnson was this. He might be ass right now. Literally, it can happen that fast. Man. He's 34 years old. They hold he, that ISO. one summer between last year, him doing seven of the playoffs, and right now, he could be terrible. I saw Joe, and bro. And that's what Max Keller is saying. This is what he wants you to think. On ESPN about Tom Brady. It all takes just one year. But though, he's wrong. Summer, you know, you yeah, that's what I'm saying. Man, you got to keep preaching that wrong. thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he argued with him the other day. Max said that his statement was that Tom would be able to play good enough for one Super Bowl, which was last year, and that his decline would be this season is coming up now, and that he would be the same player. So he hasn't been gonna, wrong. He's going to be wrong. But I'm saying you just said he has been wrong. He, has, that he said at 40 he's going to fall off a cliff. No, but he, he <laughs> I just told you what he said. His no, he got to re- rebuttal and go back. But that's not – he said at 40 he's going to fall off a cliff. But now Drew Brees, all them guys talking about they want to play in their mid-40s. All right, so what do you feel about Ben Roethlisberger? You've seen the recent parts about that You know what? He needs to stop talking so much. And that's the thing, like, the Steelers have let him get away with so much. Like, dog, that's not your place. You always hurt. That's what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> I definitely going to help him win now. Like, bro, you missed like seven games last year. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, every season. Hey, you thought about retiring. You were talking about fucking mummy cocoon and shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, that nigga was just talking. He just he felt some type of way about them getting a the quarterback, which, you know, he probably will. But, nah, bro. It's definitely. He was talking about retiring. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like That's what everybody like, bro, come on now, Ben. Like, don't, let's not be an idiot here. Yeah. Now they told me we want to play two or three more years. Yeah, of course. I mean, quarterbacks just prima donna. I think when Phillip Rivers retire, he's going to retire. Then they all come in together. Yeah, Phillip Rivers, Ben, and uh, Eli. Yeah, so I think one's one of them done. The other one going to hang it up. 
But it's like a call center. They have opened up the door for Ben Roethlisberger to say whatever. Every time he get on that radio show, he act like he's sitting here. Yeah, except he, just, he don't never just apologize for raping that girl. Never, never. He just talks about uh, <laughs> just talks about the, the football. Uh, he just, I don't know. Uh, all right. So what about the draft, Lando? Give us some draft breakdown. Okay, man. So let's talk about the Lions draft, man. So the first round pick we had the uh, Frank Ragnar. Um, yeah. you know he got a high grade. Like Lions, um, on the Walter Football Guy, they got a B. Um, I'd say Tom, Tom and Shannon gave him like a B. I heard somebody say that he could possibly be the best center of all time. They, well, <laughs> I, swear, I, swear, <laughs> I swear to God. I swear, he told me, they told me he could be one like Hall of Fame great. I Never hope gave so. up a sack and blah, 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 shit like that. I hope so, but it's, it's really hard to get sacks, give up sacks Who's at center. the best center of all time? They said Frank Ragnar. I don't, Ragnar. Know, I don't, say, I don't <laughs> even know no best center of all time. Only center I can think of off the top of my head is Dominique Raiola. Yeah. Yeah. He's not nowhere near the best in all time. Right, Pouncey. I don't know. You, you can Pouncey. Go, I mean, he, he probably the best in the dog. But look, Frank is good. He's going to he's going to be a good uh, good run blocker. Um, he's going to help out in the, in the passing game. Doesn't give any sacks. He's going to be a starter for day one. Um, Johnson, the running back they got from Auburn, I do like him. I do feel like it was better backs on the floor. He he is a patient runner, and if they got the whole stable with Blunt. Johnson looked like a duel was going to be there, and they got Theo. That could be a good stable of running back. So it looked like he, he averaged five yards a carry. We mm-hmm. already got the best receiving corner in the league. And Cooper. Yeah, I don't know. Atlanta Falcons got the better. Cause just cause Calvin Ridley ain't did nothing yet. But definitely with Ridley. Definitely with he Julio ain't Jones. Did nothing yet. And with the, I, I'm still going to put Mom's. I'm still going to go Atlanta right there. I'm still going to go Atlanta. Shit, I'm gonna go Browns, man. The Browns, you know, the Browns had a good draft. They had a good draft. The Bears had a good draft, also. The Bears did have a good draft. They had a real good. I don't know who had game. the best draft. Oh man, that's that's tough, man. I'ma say, like I said, the Falcons had a good draft. Cowboys had a bad draft. Eagles still. The Eagles had a good draft, man. Who had the best draft? I'm gonna go to Eagles. Super Bowl champion Eagles. Yeah, man, they they loaded up still on the defense. They got a running back that can help. Right, who had the worst draft? Off the top, I gotta go to Dallas Cowboys. Damn, why? They they stuck to the board. They, they they stuck to a board. I didn't like their first round pick as much. I had them rated a little bit lower. Uh, the linebacker they got from uh, Boise State. It just felt like they missed out on the receiver. Like they got a receiver in like the fourth round. Runs like a four five. Like he's supposed to. He's supposed to take up with Dez, dude, but he looks like old Dez. And shout out to the, the Cowboys. I just watched all, all for nothing, all enough in uh, their, their football season. They needed some help at the playmaker position at the receiver, and, and they didn't. So it looked like they kind of just, it looked like the same team from last year. The Cowboys? Yeah. Hmm. Like they like they got the same team from well, last year. Well, they kind of just needed some help and to know when they start running back was going to play. But I was surprised <laughs> that this player slid. Ronnie Harrison, the safety from Alabama. Why? He was a playmaker, a hitter. Was ranked really highly coming out of high school. He was ranked really highly on the boards. And uh, Buddha Boy fell kind of low. Josh. Josh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like I said, a very physical corner. I don't know if it's just a being in the Big Ten. I think it was that being Big, in the Big Ten, Ten corners. Yeah, Big uh, Ten. Tank. I think it was that, but I also think that he kind of had people somewhat fooled as like a prisoner at the moment, where the tape didn't necessarily show good for him. Besides the highlights, we saw the big time interceptions and you know stuff like that. I think from what the GMs talked about, I don't think playing and play out, it wasn't there. I think San Diego got the still of the draft, though. Darwin James in the first round, that Florida State safety. Oh, for real? Man, he dropped all the way down to 17. Where they picked him. He had 17. And he was like a top 
At the beginning, he was like a top five pick, right? And what happened? Why he dropped like that? All these quarterbacks, quarterbacks, and then you had surprise teams like the the Redskins and Buccaneers taking defensive tackles. Yeah, mm. Did you, are you surprised that the the Giants didn't get a quarterback? I'm not surprised. I think it's the same thing, kind of like with the. They did draft one in the sixth round, didn't they? Yeah, but he, you so know. Yeah, you surprised the Giants didn't get a quarterback? <laughs> no, I, I think no I think Eli probably told him to look. Well, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be around for a while. I don't think it was. I don't think it was surprising because I feel like people realized Odell was hurt. We didn't have a run game. Our offensive line was terrible. Maybe Eli not asked. Yeah, I mean, he probably not. Like I, I can go all in on Eli being You got all these other older got a, people. a nice tight end. I mean, young tight end. There. I mean, what do you think about Saquon? How, how Saquon going to be in this NFL? Oh, uh, man, he's he definitely a fancy lock for me. I'm looking forward oh, to the second Did we talk about that? Third, uh, I think we already talked about that. Yeah, he's he definitely a fancy lock for me. I think he's going to be – they have explosive offense. Explosive. So, they're they probably looking at that. Look, Eli is not going to cost that much, that much more going forward. We can bring in the quarterback, sit him, and just watch the offense flourish. Because they had their defense outside the injuries. They could have they could have been in the playoffs last year. Everybody healthy, compete. The year before last, they had the, the no-fly zone going on with Jack Rabbit. So, we'll see. Maybe they think they're not that far away. Post-draft, what's the state of the Lions for you? Listen, I like Deshaun Hand. I think he's probably the best pick that they, they picked. I remember watching him at the Down uh, Arbor All-American game. He was the number one player out of all the football coming out of high school. Big, quick, aggressive. I think they filled a lot of gaps. I think they played it safe, and we'll see where it goes. We took a gamble in the third round, taking Darius Slay's cousin out of the all Sun Belt. Yeah, that's what that that pick was, and then watching some of his film. Was that make from Texas? Uh, no, the Rage Occasions, right? Hey, yeah, Tracy Walker. Tracy we Walker. thought that. I thought that was the safety we picked. Hey. Yeah, that's the safety we picked. I thought he went to. Uh, no, he went Louisiana. to Louisiana. Louisiana, fucking Lafayette. yeah, Lafayette. Or was it Monroe? It was Monroe. I think he looked. He looked kind of straight though on film. This is the one thing that sold me. He big. Bob looked like he was genuinely excited, genuinely excited about that pick. So they feel like they got a steal. I think he is a steal. I was watching the tape on him. He like one of them just big playmen. Like he like he know how to play football. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that that's sound cliche. Been saying they said he was gonna be the quarterback of the, the defense that's, down the line. That's some shit. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. That's some shit I've seen. Like when I was watching it, I'm like, damn, this nigga like. You know how some people look like they just following the coach telling them? He yeah. like he was like reading keys and then just naturally flowing to the football to make a tackle. He yeah. like he was a good tackle. I just don't want him yeah. to be like uh, Tabor for last year. No. Nah. Well, you know as far as the – no, he going he gonna to ride the whole – Patricia might find a way to sneak him in there, but you got Killer Brew, you got Tabor, yeah, Hulls, you that's got what I'm saying. I think I like him more well, than Killer Brew. I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the not playing as much in the rookie year, though. I don't really have an issue with I see him more just a special, special team player for, right For now. his rookie year, yes. But I think down the line, they, they – Expect him to one day replace Glover Quinn, which I don't have as much of an issue with. And I think that one thing that, that stuck out with me, because a lot of people didn't know who the fuck he was. One thing that stuck out with me is everybody who did research and they talked to some of his coaches, some of his positional coaches down at his school, everything that they said about him was the same stuff that I heard about Minka Fitzpatrick. So that, to me, kind of set in line. Everybody's been talking about how smart a player Minka Fitzpatrick is for, for years, since he was a freshman, when he was coming in, because he made some big plays as a freshman. Yeah. Everything that they've talked about, and me and Austin were talking about this prior to the podcast, but I was joking with him about it. Like, you know, he's, he was third team all Sunbelt. That don't sound good. But the coach came out and said on his own accord, I think that was our fault. You get more respect when you win. We had a bad team around him. So he necessarily might have been shining to some degree, but they couldn't say that he was first team if y'all, like he said, they was like four and five his whole career. 
I can say I only seen them play once, so I mean it was yeah. like a game they they lost. I mean I didn't see them jump off the screen, so hopefully hopefully it does. Well, I mean, like Bob Quinn said, he played well against all the SEC opponents, and the Lions, which just like the Patriots, hold the SEC to the highest of court, which a lot of football minds think that that's the best college football. But they so got the they got Cros- they got Crosby uh on the like, uh, which yeah. is I think is another great pick. That's a good pick the, because know, like so. you said, T.J. Lang and them guys they like they getting older. They he getting got older. a lot of versatility, you know, so he'll be moving. Down the line, once you get the still got Joe Dahl, you got Glasgow, you got Ragnall, you got Taylor Decker's young. So he'll be able to help them transition to the next line of our offensive line. It seemed like a good pick. Moving forward, we just traded to Kim Spence. I'm what kinda, do you think I'm kinda, that, that means? I'm, I'm a little upset about that because he but did. Why? I'm a little upset about it because he, he brought some versatility to the D tackle. We still thin there to me. But. I think that we make a we make a move in the free agency. Maybe not Jonathan Hankins, maybe Ricky Jean Francois. I think that one thing I've seen a lot, and they talked about what type of technique they were using as. Right. I think that that's why Hakeem Smith got traded because it just wasn't a, a no no like a said, scheme. Thing. Hey, he did he didn't jump off the screen like he really didn't make plays. He was a, a big personality. No. He was aggressive, but I mean Robinson got to show something. This got to be the year he he performed. So like I said, they picked up some guys in free agency. So we we'll see how it go. But they they still to me that D line is still looking a little shaky right now. So but yeah, I, I thought they had a I thought they had a solid draft. It didn't look like they overreached for anybody or underreached. They got the players that they that they wanted. Yeah. Quinn looked excited, but now it's time to produce. I think we like I said, I think we make one more acquisition in the free agency to the defensive line to sure that up whether Somebody more than likely there's gonna be somebody versatile enough to play inside and outside. Uh, I doubt we make another. It's it's a couple of veteran linebackers. I know that some people are a little worried about like Christian Jones, who not necessarily as good in coverage. Jalen Reeves maybe is kind of thin. There's still some some decent veteran linebackers out there who might be willing to come in for a cheaper contract and just be a camp body at the at the least and come compete. So I think we do make two more moves there. And realistically, I feel like we kind of said. Like you said, you guys were advocating for Luke Wilson being able to to do everything that Eric Ebron could do because Eric Ebron wasn't the most explosive player while he was here. I just wanted to catch the ball, and Luke exactly. Wilson can catch the ball. Exactly. Yeah. And you get, hopefully, God willing, a fully healthy offensive line and core players on the offense, and I think we could be a sight. Not would you say this year is no excuses for Stafford? They put so much money into the offensive line, no, almost yeah. seventy million dollars. No, no, no. We only, got weapons that running the back. The only now. way that the Stafford and it, has you it. just said they got the best receiving core in yeah, football. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I don't want to hear. No, no, no. I don't want to hear no excuses. The only re- the only way he gets excused, which is an automatic excuse, is injuries. Like the only person we've seen, and this is why I say that the only people we've seen that do this are all time greats. I'm not saying I never said Matthew Stafford was an all-time great. Only people who legitimately it don't matter who you throw out there is Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. It don't matter who you get those two. I don't know Russell Wilson plays with pretty much not the best receivers, not the best offensive line. The only team in rushing passing yards. The only time I give you a benefit of doubt on Russell Wilson is when that one nigga they say used to work at Foot Locker. Yeah, that's yeah. the only nigga I give you. But bro, all of them, like I said, he had the worst offensive line. It's time for him to produce. I want it. This is the year. I mean, Russell Wilson plays differently. No, but this is the year Stafford gets no excuses. If you're though. a scrambler, you can do shit like that. But That's not Matthew Stafford. I still only see seven to eight wins, but I just think Minnesota, Chicago, they had a good drive. I still see Aaron Rodgers right there. They, It's going to be a fight this year. I mean, no, no, most definitely. We're we going to be competitive. It just, you got to get over the hump sometime. If you say yeah. seven to eight, we might possibly be. We in the, If you saying seven to eight means we're in the round for ten. 
You just got to win a game. You got to win. That's what I'm saying. You got to win some of those games. And that's all it comes down to. And hopefully, the Patriot way will become the Lion way. We got two of them. Hopefully, they make some of that magic. But you know what happens? I mean, every time these Patriot coaches leave, they just don't replicate. And I just think we are giving him a little bit too much credit for Bill Belichick's defense. Bill Belichick still calls and controls the defense. So, I mean, I have to see it. I got to see it. Right. We got to see it. And then, man, I think we covered everything. All right, man. This has been Motherfuckers in the Barbershop. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. You can always leave a like on the page, subscribe to the podcast. Also, um, we also on Apple Podcasts. You can search us up at Motherfuckers in the Bar, MF Earth in the Barbershop. And I uh, hope you enjoy it, guys. Take it easy.